0: You're listening to the Wonderlust Swingers podcast with Aussie hosts, Kate and Daryl. If you're curious about exploring your sexuality or the swinging, hot wiping and non-monogamous lifestyle, you've definitely come to the right podcast. Or maybe you just love travel adventures. Either way, we share our personal, sometimes juicy, sexy stories, as well as swingers club and event reviews, interviews with other sassy people, and of course, our global swinging adventures. We try to bring you a look into the diverse lifestyle that the swinging and non-monogamous community has. We hope you enjoy. Let's get into the episode.
1: Coming on your face.
2: <laughs> come on my face. Mm, come get us, get us, let's unite. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm leaving all of that in. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Wanderlust Swingers podcast, where we sit on the king bed in New Orleans and talk into some microphones like weirdos in a room. I have the lovely Mickey and Mallory from the Casual Swinger podcast joining me. Hey, guys.
1: Hello.
2: Hello. I think you are lovely, Mickey. You're a lovely man.
1: I did shower this morning. You
2: did. I'm proud of you. With my
1: own soap and everything.
2: You used my soap, didn't you? I did. Mm, Gross.
0: Okay, wait. First, I want to say this is going to be a bit of a hodgepodge episode. We're going to have some fun with it. Just kind of let it happen. My first question, Daryl's parents came to stay with us for a, like a four weeks, right? It's just a long amount of time. I don't want to share my cake of soap with people. Like, no. I think that's a little bit fucking weird. It's fucking gross. Well, D- Daryl and I, admittedly, we, we do. But, but no. I was like, I don't want his parents, like using the soap on their bodies and then just putting it back and then me using the same soap. Say, so your father in
1: law washes the underside of his ball sack with your soap and Ex- then puts it back up there for you. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Like I was traumatized as a kid. We had one bar of soap for four people in the shower and every time I got in there, somebody's pubes were in there. Like it was yeah. like it was horrible. Like, that's, probably so that's not why a problem with me
1: because I don't have pubes.
2: My parents would try to be like, oh, you kids use your towel. I was like, absolutely not. Like, even as a little child, I was like, no, that's gross.
0: <laughs> wow. So Yeah. Daryl thinks I was really overreacting, but I was like, I'm hide. I hid all the bars of soap in our house, and I specifically bought body wash uh-huh. for our shower because uh-huh. I wasn't having it. I wasn't yeah. having a bar of it.
1: Bar of soap. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I will say that that Mallory's absolutely neurotic about it like okay. if if, I, if my towel is not within reach and i just grab her towel and dry off because i'm a dude <laughs> she freaks the fuck out I'm... she comes out yelling at me waving the towel like a mad woman going did you use my
0: towel meanwhile like last saturday people were coming all over at it's like <laughs> it's uh-huh. <laughs> that's just uh, it
2: i didn't say it has to make sense
1: Oh, it makes no sense whatsoever. You're over here like spitting my mouth, and then next thing you I know, I never
2: you're... have said that when you quit telling people. <laughs> I hate spitting. Spitting is disgusting. <laughs> spitting, and don't use my soap or my towel, please, or my toothbrush. Okay. I'll... What
1: if I use your toothbrush on your towel?
2: I will. Where I'll get the divorce papers uh, pulled up. <laughs> hey,
1: this is Kate's show. I'll shut up.
0: Yeah, the reasons for divorce. Well, motherfucker, use my towel. Like the divorce yeah. lawyer would be oh, like,
1: I'll...
2: not said. Yep, exactly. I get everything.
1: You <laughs> use my towel. The judge is like, throw oh, him in jail.
2: So, you
0: have recently released an episode that spoke about affirmation and the reasons why people might want affirmation, how that impacts the lifestyle, how it impacts how you engage with other people, how we accept those words of affirmation from somebody else, and maybe some baggage that we're coming along with, you didn't talk about when someone needs too much affirmation. So that's why I just wanted to put you guys on the hot seat and say, let's fucking talk about it because it's also something that kind of bothers me a little bit. Yeah. So I guess to hand it over to you guys, have you ever stumbled upon somebody who just needs way too much affirmation and and to the point where, and I I realize there's different kind of attachment styles. I realize there's desire of affirmation, which Daryl and I have spoken about before. And those are fine. I also love affirmation and that's, that's a fine and perfectly acceptable human trait. But what about when there's a requirement for too much? Have you ever come across that?
1: Yeah, I live with one. (laughs) It's the casual dog. Oh
2: oh, Oh my God. I was like, I just said, don't use my towel.
1: (laughs) He needs constant affirmation. He's always up in my (laughs) grill. That's true. Pet me more. Tell me I'm pretty. Tell me I'm special. Tell me I'm small.
2: And it's never enough. Like he has to like, if you can't pet the other dog, you always have to be petting one hand on him and the other hands for the other dogs. So,
1: but that's kind of, you know, it's funny that, I mean, I I make that joke, but it's actually kind of not a joke because it's the same thing. Some people do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They say, they see you paying attention to someone else and it becomes a competition. Exactly. They see you spending time with other people and it becomes an issue. And, and that can be in, you know, obviously a, a poly situation where you have other relationships that maybe you're taking time away, but it can also be in the lifestyle where for sure, someone is upset that they may not have access to you or your time anymore. And yeah. I think we've, we've absolutely seen that.
2: Oh, a hundred percent. And I don't know if it comes from a place of, you know, jealousy, envy, and insecurity, maybe a combination of all three or, or a few of those um, yeah. or a couple of those, but we've definitely seen that. And, you know, I struggle. I think we all do when someone's grasping at you or you feel clawed at or you feel goaded or fished.
1: Yeah. Get clawed at is not a good look. No. And I think panic isn't a good look either. Uh, there's no reason to panic. And I think when somebody goes, well, what about me? And well, I never said this was about you, number one, but I also said it wasn't, I never said it wasn't about you either.
2: Right?
1: Sometimes you got to take people at face value. If they say nothing's changed, I'm just going to do this other thing for a little while. You got to believe them.
2: Yeah. And that's almost offensive. Like almost like, who are you to say that I'm not giving you enough of me because I gave some of me to somebody else? Like it's a very strange behavior. Like I said, I I don't know I'm the best at responding to that because I find it offensive and very off-putting. I'd rather be the friend that goes, I'm sorry that you're struggling with something here. And maybe we can open up some dialogue around it. Maybe that would be the better part of the conversation. But I don't know that I've ever gotten there in those situations. And we have seen them before. Yeah.
0: And what are we talking about? I mean, I think there's a very different way that the couple might approach it. And I've spoken about in the past where when we first started our lifestyle journey, I was a little bit jealous. And I remember one time at a club, I just required Daryl to put his hand on me as well. And so I verbalized that and, you know, that was into our relationship. But what we're actually talking about when we talk about over requirements of affirmation is from other people Mm -hmm. that we might be engaging with in the lifestyle. And I think the way that this it comes to the forefront or how I see it happening either to me or to other people is that somebody is really vying for the attention. And it's like you said, Mickey, when that attention is slightly diverted to anybody else, it can be seen as, yeah, like a, like a kick in the balls. You know, you're, I'm not good enough for you now, or I really want to play with you. or What's is, is that person prettier, younger, whatever. Obviously there's a lot of baggage that people bring with it.
1: I think we inherently, especially once you mature in the lifestyle, you look for people that have the ability to self-soothe. At no point are any of us responsible for how other people feel including the people we love and live with. Uh, your feelings and your emotions are your responsibility. You know, much like we always say on our show what other people think of us is none of our business. You're here, you know, and if you can't rationalize that me not paying attention to you does not show a lack of investment or in in no way diminishes your value as a human both to yourself or to me if that's what it takes you know for you to feel good about yourself you really need to have a good long look at why you feel that way Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's not my fault you feel that way i'll be right back when i said i was and just as invested in you as i was before so long as you don't turn me off by clawing at me
0: yeah and how, how this shows up I think physically in the presence of others is like somebody constantly coming and in, interrupting your conversation or feeling like I have to stand next to you or I guess trying to turn your your attention away from another person I think those are
2: probably the biggest ways that this yeah. can show up yeah you and it's almost like they're they're announcing they're, they're throwing a flag down like this is a threat to yeah. me you can see it as a physical representation Heck, we saw it just recently. Mm -hmm. And again, I I don't know how to respond to it. And Mickey, I'd love you to pieces. You very, very well put on your part, but is it our responsibility to level set with them? Like, do we actually, should we be saying something? Because I generally don't.
1: Well, it tends to go deeper.
2: I actually put distant. Oh yeah, you run away. Yeah.
1: Well, because what, I mean, what are you doing? You're trying to solve something that's probably affecting them in other areas of their lives too. Yeah. This, I mean, if something manifests in the lifestyle, it probably exists elsewhere. Yeah, yeah It's not true. like it's the first time they ever ran across it. There. And if they're exhibiting something that could be construed as jealousy in a lifestyle relationship, then that's probably something that's affecting them in their regular and primary relationships as well.
2: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right.
1: Just friendships, right? I mean, a friend who is going out with other friends and didn't invite them is probably something that has sent them over the deep end in the past.
0: Yeah, and I think we've all felt, I mean, we've all felt this at some some level, and you're right. I mean, Feeling you, it and
1: acting under two different things. Yeah, you,
0: you, you the analogy of like your friends going out and you'd be like, oh, that feels kind of shitty, but hey, you know, it's okay as well. So
1: well, it's, yeah, we all want to get invited. We all want to be a part of the cool <laughs> yeah, kids club. Absolutely. And I mean, I'm not saying our club's the cool kids. I'm just saying that it's, we all want to <laughs> be a part of something that we look up to and that we feel good about being a part of. Mm-hmm. And if you feel, if you have this fear that it's going to be taken away, if you're not included, then it can come through as a desire for more affirmation than you're receiving. Yeah. And maybe it's just a fear that you're being left behind.
0: Mm-hmm. Mallory, you, pr- you probably, have you experienced this on a personal level? Like f- from your feelings, not from seeing it in other, manifest in other people. Oh, but-
2: very much so. Actually, I can even identify where in my relationship, I do it to my husband. Okay, It's something I'm not good in crisis that my fight and flight response is a little kirked. I guess is a great way to describe it. And I have to be very self-aware, like I'll start pacing my anxiety myself when my self-esteem's um, in crisis. Like I actually become physically uneasy, so I'm pacing, I, I want more physical attention. It's kind of like this, you know, bouncy ping pong ball that's just all over the place. And if I can't self-soothe, unfortunately, Mickey has to raise his hand and go, hey, mm-hmm. you're, you're acting, you know, a little clingy, a little crazy, you've got shit going on, it's... Yeah, can I go to the bathroom yeah. on my own for and 10 minutes, please? Yes, exactly, <laughs> and it's not sexy. It's not a turn-on, and mm-hmm. I don't blame him. I want to put distance between me too, but I'm so not cognizant of what I'm doing because I'm in crisis mode. Bless him, he's, he's got to re- throw a flag on the play for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, so I, I kind of agree with earlier with it's not... I don't think it's our responsibility to have to manage that other person's situation that they have going on because i think also like you said it's too deep of a conversation to have like well, what else is happening that's triggering you right now yeah. so what would be some ways that if that was happening to you at an event if somebody if you notice somebody was being too clinging needing too much from you requiring way too much affirmation you've already told her 10 times today she's pretty for fuck's sake we get it she's pretty you don't you know what i mean how would you deal with that if anything or what would your advice be maybe to that person to self-soothe or deal with it
1: I think it's difficult to tell somebody in the moment. You can't look at a crazy person and go, you're crazy and have them go, you know what? You're right. I'll stop.
2: Yeah. He doesn't stop you though.
1: Right. I mean, there's this, <laughs> oh, no, not at all. But like, <laughs> there's this meme that says, if your wife is mad at you and wielding a knife to just hand her some mayonnaise and her instincts will kick in and she'll make you a sandwich.
2: What?
0: That's a meme.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's a meme. It's
0: the fucking weirdest meme. Ever it's heard. a quick
1: way to die too, especially in my house. You know, it's it, it, the reality is you can't expect someone who is behaving or feeling irrationally to rationalize reason. That's not going to happen. What you have to do is just extricate yourself from the situation and say, I'm sorry that you're upset. I do care. And we'll talk about this at another time after you've calmed down.
2: Yeah, that's actually the methodology you use with me. Mm -hmm. Because I I have to have the ability to identify that there is a problem that I have or I'm experiencing and it has to do with me. And until I can give the monster a name or call the demon by name, I, I can't fix it. Right. Right. And it's nothing you did necessarily. It's how I'm feeling.
1: It's, it's unfair to ask something that's incapable of the function to perform it. Don't ask a fish to fly. They don't have wings. Mm -hmm. And when someone is being unreasonable to just go, why don't you see reason? What's wrong with you? That just makes them feel worse. It makes them feel like they're even more inadequate, which is what was driving the feeling in the fucking first place. Yeah,
2: more often than not, very true.
0: And unfortunately, when you do see this behavior and then you do back off, all that's going to do is reinforce those feelings. So you're right. I don't necessarily think there's any black and white way that you can just say, well, here's the magic key. Mm -hmm. I think you should give people the attention that they deserve and desire to a point. But I do think that after a certain while, you should, yeah, probably maybe go and find a different area of the potty or hang out with different friends yeah. or something like that. It's
1: a base level affirmation to say you have value. Nothing has changed, but I need some time before we can have this conversation any further. I'm going to walk away. Yeah. Nothing's changed. Don't freak out. Even though I know you're going to anyway, leave that part out and walk away. That's yeah, the quiet part. Don't say that out loud, but just, you know, give them a, a small affirmation and say, everything's fine, but this conversation is ended. I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you another time. And we'll talk then.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's very difficult.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm going to call myself out here. I have an irrational fear that most people are have the ability or will take the opportunity to take advantage of me if it reveals itself. So when people become that needy or are in crisis like that, I'm actually almost fearful to call it out or, or try to be there for them. Because then, what if I'm their crutch to some degree, or I'm allowing this toxic behavior to continue? So, but I've never—I will, I will be perfectly honest—I've never called it to attention. I've always just distanced myself, and all. I'm wondering, you know, in hindsight, if I've done the right thing, or if I was a shitty friend, or or what, because of it. Because I all I did was put more distance.
1: But yet again, that's balance, right, between enabling somebody's poor behavior. Right or somebody's. Is,
2: is it really poor? I mean, it, I think it's kind of human. It is to human, some degree. But, but
1: well, humans are poorly behaved. Look around.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Hi. <laughs> I mean, it's. Uh, but it's it's also in some cases socially unacceptable, or socially awkward, or socially frustrating. Uh, there's a lot of ways that this behavior manifests. And frankly, it all comes from the same place. The need for affirmation is driven by fear. Mm -hmm. So if I'm afraid, you can't expect me to just stop being afraid because you told me to
0: be. I I can't do that.
1: And no one can.
0: And again, I mean, it's, yes, we can all sit here and say, you should be mindful of your own behaviors and your own emotions and be mindful and take stock on those. Mm -hmm. But I remember we we were at a party one night and this girl really had a crush on the guy there we hadn't seen each other for a little while and so we were talking but every time there would be any interaction she would come up out of nowhere. And it really put – I wanted to play with this guy as well. I exited the conversation because of this other girl's neediness and requirements for affirmation on this guy that I was also interested in. So I was like I don't want to deal with this. Like every time she's coming up and it's just constant. And so – I, I I left, you know, it had nothing to do with me, but it was just too much.
2: No, my competitive nature may have kicked in and be like, huh? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you want to fight for it? Let's go. <laughs> no, i just kidding. You know, we
1: talk about that that fear and, and all these things that we're talking about. And then uh, maybe there's listeners out there that are thinking to themselves, well, I need to be fearless and I need to put all this behind me. And I'll tell you, there's another word for truly fearless people that have absolutely no restrictions on them based on Fear of failure, fear of, of they how did? they received. They're called fucking sociopaths. Are they dead yeah. people is yeah, was happening. <laughs> exactly, right? I mean, fear has a function. Yeah, and, they lack empathy. <laughs> yeah, it's self preservation. Yeah. And somebody that's fearless and just walks up into a crowd and just starts, you know, trying to be the center of everything, they, people think those people are assholes. And people that are fearless physically end up, you know, jumping off a cliff or dying trying to climb a solar a skyscraper or something with, with nothing in a pair of shorts and t shirt. You know, it's, fearless doesn't always mean that it's a good thing, but having an acknowledgement and an understanding of where your emotions are based and whether or not they're rational, that's a good thing.
0: Mm. And maybe you need to take yourself out of the game for like a moment and I don't know, possibly go back to your wing person, you know, and say to them, Hey, I'm actually feeling a little bit left out. I'm feeling a little bit needy and, and talk through it with them because they're your, that's the person that you, you have, you're beholden to. That's the person yeah. that's your best part of know. a tribe.
2: Yeah, a hundred percent. But I, that's personal accountability and self awareness come into play there because you have to acknowledge the fact that there's a problem and it starts with you. Yeah. And I hate using the word problem because it sounds like blame, and that's how we classify those words. But it is it's resonating in your person, and you have to own that and pinpoint what is the catalyst for that. What what was the trigger for this? Why am I feeling this way? Because obviously something that transpired, there was something there. Why am I feeling this way? At least identify that that I have a problem right now.
1: Oh, it's certainly how I use my tribe. I'll reach out to you or Jay or Mister Jones, and I'll be like, "Hey, am I being an asshole right now?" Yeah. And sometimes I reach out to all three of you and get the consensus. And if it's you know, it's usually three out of three. Yes, Mickey, you're an asshole.
0: So, do you think that this this behavior manifests in more people that are new to the lifestyle versus that veterans to the lifestyle? And the reason I ask that is there's new relationship energy involved here. Sure. And a lot of the time, if you walk into this and it's a beautiful thing, I mean, how many compliments women give to each other, how many compliments mm-hmm. they receive yeah, right? from the opposite sex, it's beautiful. It's addictive as hell as well. And so I think that new energy of you walking in and just receiving all the you're so pretty and oh my God, you're sexy And that. Do you think this is more inclined to be for new people in the lifestyle because of that?
2: I can see it happening, happening more frequently with newer folks in the lifestyle, but it doesn't make us veterans like impervious to it. Obviously, I think it's probably more apt to happen when the new dynamic is involved potentially, or, you know, something is, there's an unknown quantity potentially, because then we can't predict the ending. We can't do the math problem and find, you know, solve for X for that That's one. When, the basis
1: which, of anxiety yeah, so. is the unknown. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that Mallory hit the nail on the head there that, anytime you're existing on the edges of boundaries when you're expanding your horizons and your boundaries there's going to be some inherent anxiety there sir and that can manifest itself as a need or a desire for affirmation it can manifest itself as a fear which ultimately leads to anger which leads to hate which is the path to the dark side in case you haven't watched star wars
2: wow that was a long trip there All
1: right,
0: let's uh, let's get into some Q and A. So I've been holding some of these uh, Q and A quickie questions for quite a while, and I haven't, I don't even remember what these are, but I get them from my emails and I just kind of put them in a little folder. And so here we go. And then I answer these. You can, well, you're going to help me answer them. My wife doesn't want to swing with other women that she feels are more attractive than her. Now, this question actually came up in a conversation I had this past weekend, hey. which was that this new couple to the lifestyle they haven't had a full swap with another couple yet. And she was concerned that in the moment there might be some feelings that might Mm. rear up. And I was like, of course, that's going to happen. You could get triggered. Like, that's probably a possibility. And then the husband came in and he said, she won't, like, she tends to pick women that she doesn't find threatening. Threatening. Thank you. So let's read what they said. So we do a lot of threesomes with men. And if it's a couple that she likes, I don't really desire the female half. I take it for the team or we don't play at all. The reason that we don't do that is, well, she has a feeling most women are more attractive to her. It's a really sensitive topic. I get it. And no matter what I do or say to make her feel better, I make it worse. So he's basically saying, look, she keeps picking people that maybe he thinks are, I guess, not as attractive as they could be or interesting or whatever. He's taking one for the team. He's taking one for the team. So he's like, he's trying to say, how do I respond to her and say, you are my person. This is together. I am not going to leave you. Again, we're just talking about fear for the whole last 20 minutes. How does he deal with this? with this sensitive topic and talk to her about it and then move forward. That's a tough
2: one. You know, obviously there, she has challenges with self-esteem there and, or security in her relationship. And I would start with having the conversation. Is it one or both of these things? Where are you finding it to be a challenge to our relationship that someone's physicality, physical beauty could overtake all of our time and love together? Cause when you speak to logic of it, it sounds insane, However, it's a very real feeling. Early on in our swinging adventures, I, Mickey had the exact same feedback for me. And I would never consciously pick out a girl and compare her to me like that. It's a It was a perception thing. I also didn't know his type. I'd, I, it took me years to figure out language, to have the conversation with him, but also his body language, his nonverbal and verbal communication with someone to identify when he is interested. In it took me a long time. So, but I mean, that's a tough conversation. I think it has to be ongoing because obviously she's got some insecurity either in her relationship or with herself.
1: Well, so there's two positions that are important here. So first of all, she believes that the lifestyle for him is about getting something he's not getting from her.
2: Or that's what she's afraid of. So she's afraid
1: that, that maybe attraction is part of it. Maybe it's what she looks like or what she can do for him. And she's consciously or subconsciously, probably more likely the case, trying to avoid what she's afraid of by positioning that. And it's not uncommon. It's a, and like I said, it could be completely subconscious and something she's not doing on purpose at all. Yeah. Uh, but she's protecting herself. So what she's afraid of is the same thing we're all afraid of, which is waking up alone in a pile of our own filth right? It's the, the person that we love the most found something better than us and left. Mm-hmm. But here we are because the sense of adventure in the lifestyle is so exhilarating mm-hmm. that we continue on this path. She's, she's just trying to buy insurance by keeping ugly people in the bed.
0: Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah,
1: it's true. It's not necessarily wrong, but what, what I would ask her is why are you in the lifestyle? What do you want out of the lifestyle? I was actually because-
2: just thinking that like, is are these, are they pursuing lifestyle activities but is she not benefiting or enjoying them as well like i would i would ask that question mm-hmm. so yeah,
1: and and where She's is fun? where's her joy in this yeah exactly because if all she has is fear and trepidation and no joy then they need to stop and have some conversations about finding mutual joy
2: i w- i was hoping you were going to say collaborate and listen <laughs>
0: moving on <laughs> Well, one of the things that I have found has helped me as well, again, we talk about this acknowledgement of emotions and then dealing with it, not going on this roller coaster, right, and letting them consume you. But I honestly think exposure, like some of these things, I have a fear of heights. Did you guys know that? Fucking terrified of them. I'm terrified of heights. I Same. fly all the time. You know, so back in the day, I being on a plane, having any kind of turbulence, like literally if the person next to me wasn't wearing their seatbelt, I was Complete I thought the plane was gonna go down as a result of them not wearing their seatbelt. Like I just it was irrational. And so when we deal with fear, sometimes exposure can help. Mm-hmm. Right. I guess my advice a little bit would be to have this exposure to these things, like start maybe changing up your approaching mm-hmm. and then slowly take stock, acknowledge your emotions, and share with your partner things that they could potentially be doing to help you with that. Like if it's a matter of I just need you to check in with me. I need you to make sure you've got a hand on my leg. I just need you to, you know, be present for me and turn up for yeah. me also. I think
2: exposure yeah. might help. Yeah, I- identify the things that make you feel like the queen in your own th- throne room, right? Okay.
1: Yeah, and ask your partner for that. So something else I would recommend that they do is grab your whatever dating site you use, whatever part of the world you're in, whatever's most prevalent in your area, and each of you choose four profiles that you find interesting. Couples that you find interesting screenshot them and sit down and talk about them together. Why did you pick that couple? What is it about that couple that you found attractive and interesting and explain it to your partner, why you thought they were interesting. What's interesting about it for you and why do you think they're interesting for me? Because when you look at them, you have Mm. to look at a couple from both perspectives. You can't just go, Hey, she's hot. I want to fuck her. Boom. That's the couple. And the guy, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe Mallory's into Shakespearean literature and the guy's a bricklayer, and he can't spell Shakespeare. That's probably not the right couple. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that she is, and I'm not saying that's the case, but I'm saying if you're looking at that sort of thing, you have to look at couples from your partner's perspective as well. So when you do that, you go, I'm going to pick four, you're going to pick four. We're going to talk about why we chose those couples for ourselves and for each other. It helps the couple as a whole identify really what they're together looking for together. And it takes some of that fear away because now she knows why he's looking for what he's looking for. And it's not just a hot piece of ass to replace maybe, you know, her mom bod cause she's got three kids and this girl doesn't have it. Yeah. Right. And that, that's, that's fear. And that's where that comes from is not knowing.
0: Hey, Mallory, mm-hmm. how common is comes following at clubs? Uh-huh. <laughs> well there's
2: a shift in why fucking did you, tempo. is it was my come guzzling gutter slut song yeah. make me the resident expert on this that was about <laughs>
0: as that was about as awesome as um one of the dj's transitions that i experienced between songs <laughs> <laughs> so what they're saying is that they're going to a club soon and every time they tell people in the lifestyle that his wife is a swallower uh-huh. it's met with like a bit of like whoa okay and then a lot of excitement some yeah so they want to know how common or uncommon is it? Should they bring it up? Should they kind of not bring it up because they're worried about, I guess, upsetting the other people? What What would you say?
2: I mean, if it's, a, if it's an objective that they really want to get out of their interactions, I don't think there's anything wrong with being upfront about it. Just be prepared that that may be a bit shocking to folks depending on everyone's approach. I'm assertive, but I like to plant the seed of knowledge at the opportunity at an opportunity seed. I did. I did that on purpose. I'm going to get a little phallic here, but like that would be something I mentioned as we're going into play. Cause obviously if they're not into it, it's not a deal breaker for me at that point. And maybe it is for those people. If it's deal breaker for them, then absolutely message. It, it could
1: actually be a boundary for them.
2: Yeah. And it could be a boundary. Yeah. We've met couples like the guy's not allowed to come. Yeah, not allowed to come at all. Yeah.
1: He has to hold off and stop if he's going to get close because the only person he can come with is her. Yeah, but
2: keep in mind, if you're in a swinger club, I don't know that there's a conversation you could have that hasn't been had already, you know? That's true. Yeah, worst I can say is no.
1: see a ton of it. I I hear a ton of it in clubs. Obviously, Mallory sees and has that conversation more than I do because I don't get off from oral. Mm -hmm. uh, it's incredibly difficult to get me off from oral, And with someone that I don't know, I didn't
2: get these apple cheeks for no reason.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mallory can do it, but it's again, a while personal comfort zone has a lot to do with it for me. And just some random person doing it. That's never going to happen, but that doesn't stop people from trying and encouraging me to come in their mouth and they want me to, and talking dirty to me or whatever. And I really love that. I appreciate it. It's still not going to happen. Yeah. I, I do think, that there is a certain level of comfort you should have before allowing somebody to do that sort of thing. Because if you have any sort of laceration in your mouth or in your throat, you could be opening yourself up to STIs.
0: To answer that question, would we say it is common or would we say it is uncommon? I'd say it's
2: common. That's probably common, yeah.
1: I think it's as common as women who swallow. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I, there's some, I mean, take, take Angie. Angie, she wants to be nowhere in the vicinity of come. Yeah, that's true. She doesn't want anywhere near her, on her, in the room with her. She wants to pretend like it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So you've got people like her and then you have the come guzzling gutter slut to my left. Mm-hmm.
0: Hey. <laughs> cum guzzling gutter sluts. Just a pair of come guzzling gutter sluts. Shimmy, shimmy. That's the best.
2: <laughs> Keep that in, please.
0: <laughs> okay, so let's move on from that one. Should we put in our profile that we are new to the lifestyle or is that a big red flag and we shouldn't put advertising around it, I guess? Like maybe talk about it. They actually said, should we put it in our profile, but I'm going to go as far as to say, should you talk about it during the first date or the first messaging? They're just saying, is it a red flag? Yes or no. And I guess to give them some advice, like could we re- reword it in another way or what would maybe take it from being a red flag to not a red flag,
1: an amber one? It depends on what you're trying to attract. Your profile is an opportunity To attract what you desire and by labeling yourself as new to the lifestyle you could simply say that you're seeking other people new to the lifestyle for mutual exploration Mm -hmm. or you could say that i'm seeking experienced people to help guide us in the right direction and help us prevent the mistakes that so often plague new people to this lifestyle but if you simply say that you're just new what's going to happen is for the most part, the people that are looking for more experienced people because that's what they like, or it's because they're looking for that guidance are going to pass you over and you might miss out on some great relationships as a result.
2: I can't add to that. That was perfect. Cause I was over here thinking, you better tell me you're new. Yeah,
1: right?
2: <laughs> now I just believe in being, being very transparent, but I, I, I like your advice. there, tagging on to putting out there, not what the expectation is, but what they're seeking. Yeah. I think that's perfect. Just
1: saying you're a rookie doesn't, doesn't do anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I will say that there are couples out there, ourselves included, frankly, that if you label yourself as new, we're probably going to be a little reluctant.
2: Yeah, a little apprehensive, you know, because for some reason that there's this uh, expectation of drama. Right. You associate drama with new or um, instability mm-hmm. to some degree. And it's not necessarily their fault. They're fucking learning. Yeah. Right. And we were all there at one time. But it does give me pause. Yeah. Was- if I'm being honest. But maybe not if you had that kind of wording. That was great, Mickey. Well, thank not you. surprised.
1: There was a saying in porn before the advent of Viagra and, and Trimix and things like that where that were guaranteed hard ons. Uh, producers used to say new dick causes problems. And it was because every guy in the universe had this fantasy of being in a porn because it'd be so hot to be in porn. But what they didn't realize is that you have to get hard and perform in front of the sound engineers and the video engineers and And the lighting guy and reshoot a scene 10 times. And you have to maintain an erection through all of this and then pop on command. Mm -hmm. And you know, the anxiety that comes with being in the lifestyle is not that much different it's actually very similar. And when you're new, there's a lot of problems that come up with that. So anybody that's experienced in the lifestyle that knows that they're taking on a newbie has to kind of know there's going to be potential problems. Maybe the guy's going to have some ED trouble. Maybe she's going to be a little apprehensive. I literally saw a girl sit up in the middle of a bed and just start crying once. So these things happen with newbies. And as veterans, we tend to askew that. We tend to go, I don't really want to deal with that. But at the same time, some of our best friends are, have, we started out as newbies, mm-hmm. told us they were newbies and we get along great and we've had a great time because the communication was strong.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So what I was going to say is I, I think it is I think it is accurate. I, I think that you should put it in your profile. Mm-hmm. To avoid people seeing it a red flag, I think that other parts of your profile need to really speak to who you are. So I don't think that you can have like shitty photos or only photos of her and not him.
1: Yeah, we get a lot of we get a lot of shit for that because I did not have a lot of pictures of me front and center. Right, they're there. You just got into the pro- you, you got to go in,
0: and then shitty photos. uh so so shitty photos, and then or vacant photos, and then maybe like a shitty profile and have that you're new. To me, that seems flaky. So what I would say, and like I'm going to talk to them, and then they're not going to turn up at the date. So what it's what I would say is be upfront, but make sure that you're really putting in some effort into other areas of your profile, so then they can see that your intentions are there. They can see that you've clearly thought about it. You've gone through the process. You've communicated with your partner. And therefore, maybe you're not going to have that, I guess, level of assumed drama as what somebody who has gaps in their
1: profile. It's. I mean, we're all drama averse as people. We are. It's things that stress us out or cause us any sort of bullshit. We're all like, nope. want that out of my life
0: to take this one step further do you or have you experienced couples out there who specifically seek out new people
2: not since we've moved to florida actually but we did know a couple (laughs) that just loved popping in the cherries of newbies like it was almost like a fetish or foreplay for for them it was yeah
1: it was it was a bedpost notcher and he just loved new meat loved it especially if they were young he was just all over it oh yeah
0: So maybe it might be not, maybe it's not necessarily a red flag, maybe it's a real big green flag, come here daddy for some people, you
1: don't know. You know, I know this particular guy was a douchebag, so I, I, it kind of puts a nasty taste in my <laughs> yeah, mouth thinking about him. But
2: we don't have like a, a varietal cross section. We have one one human we're pointing at, so I don't know if that's par for the course or not. I, I think some I people
1: would, some people don't mind it. Some people like being a teacher, some people like being a leader and a Sherpa.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we usually tell people that we can be your Sherpa or we can play with you, but we can't do both. Yeah. So if yeah, you want advice so. and you want us to walk you through what you're doing, we're fine with it. We will. But we're not going to be the ones that do it in the
2: bed.
0: So I guess one thing that I wanted to talk about, a random thought that popped into my mind now, and I was talking to- um, God, it's scary in there. <laughs> to Mr. Tango. Yeah, to Mr. Tango the other day said that we should do an episode around like the top five myths of being a podcaster. Okay. And so I just kind of wanted to throw it out there. Like if you were to say people across the board making assumptions on podcasters, like what are those myths? And I'll, I'll take one. I think that this is pretty, I've heard this a lot and I've seen it on Twitter and stuff. People assume that podcasters play with all their listeners. Like, it's we need the stories and we want to content, or, you know, like, yeah.
2: pe- I think people make assumptions <laughs> that we're out
0: here just fucking everything that moves, both <laughs> other podcasters, other content creators, and our listeners.
2: Insert come guzzling get us that song. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that one before. And they also think that we all play together, too. Yeah, yeah they think we all yeah. fuck each other. Yeah, so I thought that one's always funny. And keep them guessing. Like, I've never actually said no, but I've never said yes. Like,
1: yeah, no, we've hilarious. never fucked another podcaster, not one.
0: Well, now everybody knows. Sorry. Yeah. Just say keep them no, guessing. No, we
1: haven't. Can, are you looking at me like we have, but I don't think we have? Okay. Am I wrong? I'm just
2: keeping them guessing. I'm keeping you guessing now.
1: Clearly, why well, have six <laughs> concussions? I'm always guessing. Uh, all right. Well, Mallory, your turn.
2: Oh, okay. My comment with that here is that we think. Like really highly of ourselves, like almost like we're like content creators are unapproachable. Mm, Maybe a little clicky. It's like I mean we're actually really, really sociable and yeah,
1: yeah, big mouths. I
2: I think say what?
1: We got big mouths. We
2: do, we do. (laughs) I mean, we are kind of narcissists, but like one of the benefits that I didn't expect when we started our podcast is the people we would meet and how lovely they would be and. How many of them have become our friends? It's amazing. But yeah, we're, please don't think that we don't want you to talk to us because we do. Yeah. The myth of like, oh, I didn't want to interrupt you because you seemed busy. Like to me, you know, I
0: mean, hearing other people's stories and other people's journeys, honestly, is a real big positive as being a podcast. I see that as a huge positive because. You hear people and what they're experiencing. I mean, they're not your averages this weekend. Yeah. Knocked it out of the fucking park. Oh my gosh. They won,
2: they won the event. I
0: know. For and me. To,
2: like, I love them. To
0: hear them tell us their journey, their story, to hear them talking about yeah. that, to hear and see them physically getting excited about new experiences they've had, mm-hmm. that shit is awesome.
2: I think we should get our pom-poms out right now. Yeah.
1: yeah just shake them Go for you. are not
2: me. your averages.
1: They're two of my favorite people anyway. <laughs> uh, I love their just their lust for life yeah. and each other and, and
2: each other. Oh yeah. Like, it's beautiful. I know.
1: It's so nice. Right. I mean, like they got a whole bunch of kids and I mocked him for that. I was like, get off her, but I see why he's on her. She's gorgeous. You
2: <laughs> told her, you looked right in her soul and said, so you're saying your blowjobs are okay. <laughs>
1: oh, I, I was like, that. <laughs> you are
2: flipping dead,
1: dude. <laughs> well, they've got, he's got more children than Abraham. And I was like, Jesus, now we know her blowjobs are just average. Why you gotta bring Jesus into that? Well, Jesus was probably there.
2: Oh man, all these religious jokes, is inappropriate. What
1: about you? Yeah, what's another myth? That we know what we're talking about because we have a mic in our mouth. Mm. (laughs) Trusting somebody because there's a mic in their face is like voting for somebody because they're white.
2: I'm in danger.
1: Yeah, Yeah. it has nothing to do with it. And the mic in their mouth has nothing to do with the knowledge level or their investment in this community, their investment in your problems, your lives, this lifestyle. They yeah. be, I mean, people podcast for a lot of different reasons. Some people do it for money. Some people do it for fame. Some people do it just because they love the sound of their own voice. Check. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it, I think that there's a lot of reasons why people get engaged in podcasting for any number of subjects, not just in the lifestyle. And the fact that they're recording their voice and putting it out there into the ether has absolutely no bearing on their qualifications for doing so. And you should take that advice as it's intended and for the value that it's been given, it's free.
0: Does yeah. not a sex, make kind of thing.
2: Yes. Yeah. Cause there's no like interview process or like approval, brought like anyone can podcast and say whatever they want, whatever they want. So it's one of those things like buyer beware, take a grain of salt. And when something's free, you are the product. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: there's, there's yeah. just nothing special about them. And it's, I think there's so many areas in this world that we, we assign, you know, we we DFI leaders, we defi influencers. You know, we, all these people can do no wrong, and they're so special because they take pictures, because they won an election, because they have a mic in their mouth, because they're on the TV, yeah. because they they act in movies, and now all of a sudden we take their advice on things. Yeah. Absolutely not. Just because you know who they are does not mean that their opinion has more validity than yours.
0: Yeah. I actually, um, about two years ago, I, I was, I don't know what I was scrolling through Instagram or whatever it was. And there was a movie star and they were like, you need to invest in these shares because they are going to go fucking gangbusters. And I put like, I think it was like a thousand bucks. I was like, Oh yeah. jumping on this bandwagon. And it was a movie star. I bought a thousand dollars worth of shares. I think i still have them. I think I've got 50 bucks. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> like you're That's right crazy yeah i know i was so gullible no, it's, I, no, it's the first i'm last sure time. we've all done that to some degree like maybe a thousand dollars but i'm sure i've done something based yeah. on someone who influenced me at a celebrity level mm. like sure probably i'll go look at my eyeshadow palettes i bet you i did yeah, yeah yeah
0: yeah true and i guess uh okay so my next one would be following on from your d- does not an expert make i think would be the assumption that we are all gorgeous only sleeping with gorgeous people and are just doing the highlight reel across the board. And when you look at social media, social media is generally a highlight reel. Like I don't tend to take photos of myself when I'm doing my laundry or scrubbing my toilet bowl. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's probably social media accounts out there for it but I do think that there is an assumption that we are living very grand lives with a lot of sex, with a lot of beautiful people and that we're wet all the time and hard all the time and all of that. You know, I think there is
1: There
0: is a, a certain element of people are thinking that there's this magical life and, and it is a highlight reel, you know, there's reality that's behind this and discussions with your partner and issues at home and financial burdens and all of
2: that as well. You know, that, it's just yeah. real life. No, I, I think that's spot on. I'm trying to think of another one, and I'm coming up blank.
1: No, that there's, there's a lot of fallacies out there. So I, I, I like what you touched on there. That maybe that we're, we only jump in with beautiful people, or, or oh,
2: that we make a lot of money,
1: <laughs> <laughs> or, or that we make money at it at all.
0: Well, I mean, yeah. Look that. Honestly, that's the elephant in the room. Let's fucking talk about it. You know, I I honestly, and I'm, I know this is your one, but I'm just going to get on my fucking high horse. I am so sick and tired of people making assumptions that my trips to Desire are comped and free, that my trips to other events, conventions are comped, and they are free no, because we pay to yeah. be here. I'm, yeah, I'm telling the you thing. they're not. I'm going to just come out and say it. that we spend the $5,000 or whatever it's going to be to go to desire to talk about it to experience it uh, like anybody else when we fly down here I'm paying for my flights I pay for my ticket I pay for my hotel that shit comes out of my pocket so I, I do get a little bit angry when people make the assumption but I can see how
2: yeah
0: I can see how people would assume that these companies are vying for us to talk about it
2: yeah we heard it this weekend someone was like I'm glad you guys someone was paid to be here and I'm like I that's not how this works oh yeah yeah that's yeah yeah,
1: yeah somebody actually thought that we were Somehow getting paid, yeah. and being paid to be here, and that happens at Hito a lot too. People think that you know our yeah, investment. Yeah, someone
2: thought that the Rascals paid us. We're like, yeah, no, that's not how that works either. Yeah, they thought
1: we were employees and getting yeah. paid to be there, and maybe that's how it works for some people. But you know, for us, our by, object,
0: by large, it's not. Yeah,
1: yeah, our objectivity and our authenticity are valuable to us beyond any monetary compensation we could get for going somewhere. So. Uh, it's incredibly common. I think for people to think that it's frustrating. Uh, it's, I think it's a little denigrating as well because that takes away from your authenticity and your objectivity mm. and your value as an objective resource for this community, which is what we've tried to build on casual swinger. And certainly what we've seen from you guys on wanderlust, but.
0: And I, I don't think there's anything inherently like if a company wanted to comp us. So for example, when we went to Cop dog spicy match, comped our room, but we paid for like our train and our flights and our, quite frankly, our very expensive food and beverage bills, but they did, they comped our room. And I was, so we are not opposed to it, but I think the difference is that when I I talk about it, I do say this person paid for my room or, you know, I'll say that, you know, we went to this club and like the club might've given us like a free entry, but we paid for our bar tab, which was like $150 or whatever it is. You know, I, I don't have any problems with it and I'm quite transparent about it if it does occur same. because I don't want people to assume that just because someone's you know maybe given us a free sample of a product or whatever it looks like that I'm going to lie about said product in fact we've been given a sex actually we got a sex toy in the past and it was horrible and I blogged about it and they gave it to us for free but when I told them I was like if I don't like it I'm not- and I didn't I really didn't enjoy that sex toy and I didn't recommend it for anybody who has who receives pleasure the same way that I do
1: that's an interesting point too, That to say that I don't recommend this for someone that is looking for what I'm looking for. That's a good way of going about it. Um, I don't take things for free for that very reason, because I feel like I can't be objective and, and not insult them, but I do have one more myth and I do think it's an important one
2: that your penis is huge. That's not a myth,
1: (laughs) but uh, no, it as, as podcasters, I think people, they, they just, get this belief that we don't fight, that we have the perfect relationship, that we never have anxiety, trepidation, fear that we never have a bad time, that we never go somewhere and don't play, that we go and just screw like monkeys the whole time we're there and everybody wants to fuck us and we have no fears or troubles or issues or problems and we have all of the same shit Mm. everybody else has. We wake up in the morning, look in the mirror and look at ourselves and see the worst version of ourselves. The version you see, like you said, you know, social media is the highlight reel Mm -hmm. and nobody's mirror in the morning is the highlight reel. Uh, It's what you see. We see, we see what you see. We see the wrinkles. We see the version of ourselves that we're afraid maybe everybody else sees and we're just like everyone else. So it's a myth to think that anything about us or our lives is better than yours. It's
2: not. Yeah, Correct. Any more, Miss Mallory? now I think I'm good. I, I want to hear the cum Guzzling Gutter Slut" song come one more guzzling time before guzzling you. Gutter
1: sluts. we're just a pair of cum guzzling gutter sluts. I'm not included in that. Good. <laughs> I'm just here.
2: Just hand us the towel, okay? Yeah.
1: Somebody's got to give you guys the cum,
0: but not not she. I'm I'm going to use a different towel than she's using yes, because exactly. I don't feel you must.
2: Thank you for th- knowing me I, and respecting me. I think our cum me. towels
0: need to have uh, like initials on them. Here's yeah, we'll get a monogram for Christmas. Yeah, there you
2: go. <laughs> If
0: anyone's looking to send a Christmas present, that would be what it is. You can get them
1: embroidered. CGGS.
0: <laughs> Mallory. <laughs> Mallory's towel. <laughs> right, guys. So this has been a, I guess, a mashup, a random podcast. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, Mickey and Mallory from Casual Swinger. Where can they find you? Because Go ahead, I,
2: Mickey. Like, yeah, oh, shit, it. that ain't my job. No, do it. Do it. Everybody Everybody knows to knows do who it. does that. She do wants it.
0: you to do it. You want
1: me to do it. Oh, dear God. All right, I'll give it a swing. Why not? See what it did there?
0: I did. I didn't want to acknowledge it, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're Casual Swinger everywhere. You can find us on Apple, Stitcher, Google, anywhere you love podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. You can find us on our website at CasualSwinger.com. You can send us a review if you really love the sound of Mallory's voice and want to see her butthole. You can leave her a review on iTunes. That's... Lots of affirmation yeah. for her since how we started the episode. It's, what? You made me do it. We're going to talk about your butthole. I knew
2: what I was getting into. I'm fully prepared to show my butthole.
1: <laughs> nah, it's, uh, we're all over the place. But if you're just looking, look on Casual Swinger. You can also find us on our toy store, which is casualtoys.com. Bottom left-hand corner's got a chat bubble. You can reach out to us. That goes directly to the cell phones for us and our team. We can answer your questions and help you with any of your concerns or issues, we are here and ready to believe.
0: And I'm gonna put a little bit in the end of the episode here, just so you're forced to write your blog. But you're going to be publishing a blog on the Casualswinger.com website very soon that I think is going to be required reading for people in the lifestyle. And it's gonna be talking about privacy. It's gonna be talking about how to keep yourself safe. And the reason I'm saying that right now, it's not published is so then I'm, I'm putting you on there. You have to publish that. So do head over to their website, keep an eye on those blogs when that comes out keep an eye on my twitter because i'm definitely going to be tweeting about it i think privacy security is paramount in the lifestyle and i think in the digital age of social media we're losing some of that capability so um yeah thanks for being on the show today really appreciate it second episode we've recorded on this bed so far seen more action than i have the last week (laughs) (laughs) so thanks guys for listening and i'll chat to you soon
1: it's always a gem being with you kate thanks so much
2: it love you